In this video, I'm gonna be going over some of the more common types of dementia. And especially if you're a student, whether it be a medical student, a nursing student, this should be a good overview. And the ones that I'm gonna be talking about are gonna be Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body, vascular dementia, and frontotemporal dementia, probably the most common causes of dementia. So the first type of dementia that we're gonna be talking about is gonna be Alzheimer's dementia. And it's the most common type of dementia of all the ones that we're gonna be talking about. It's about 60% of all dementia causes are gonna be due to Alzheimer's, so pretty common. The clinical picture of these patients is primarily gonna be memory loss. And it's gonna have difficulty with word finding, with names, and also specifically with recent memory is gonna go first. And you're also gonna have issues with language as well as time progresses. Imaging findings, you're gonna, the, I think the hallmark classic is gonna be hippocampal atrophy, but you're also gonna have diffuse or general atrophy as well. So this pink arrow right here is pointed to the hippocampus. If we compare it from the right to the left, the right is gonna be our Alzheimer's patient. If we compare it from the right to the left, you're gonna see some hippocampal atrophy bilaterally, okay? And then this blue arrow right here is pointed to the ventricles, just showing that they're more enlarged, simply because you're having diffuse atrophy, you're having global atrophy. So all the soci and all the ventricles, they're gonna be larger because you're losing brain mass. The prognosis, I always was curious of what happens. What is the prognosis for each of these different types of dementia and why exactly do they have complications or what makes them pass away? And if you think about it, if it's strictly just a dementia, what is actually causing it? Well, primarily this is gonna be the similar picture for everybody uh, or of all the dementia types, except maybe one, is gonna be the prognosis around four to eight years, generally have some type of feeding failure like aspiration or infection if it's due to their Alzheimer's dementia itself. That's going to be the typical presentation. It's always going to be the feeding difficulty or also aspiration causing an infection that's going to be leading to the demise. So the treatment for these patients is going to be cholinesterase inhibitors uh, like denazepil, rivastigmine, and MDMA antagonists like memantidine. Those are going to be our hallmark treatments for Alzheimer's. Um, it's primarily more for symptom management uh, rather than any effect on long-term prognosis. So the next type of dementia we're going to be talking about is Parkinson's dementia. And if we recall correctly from step one, this is more of a motor disease. We always think of it as a motor disease rather than a cognitive dementia. Well, initially it starts off as a motor disease. We remember we have this cognitive rigidity, we'll have a resting tremor, we'll have bradykinesia, micrographia, which we're writing small, and uh, a narrow gait as well. But eventually as time progresses, this motor disease will eventually turn into a cognitive dementia. And you'll still have the motor findings, but you'll also unfortunately have cognitive dementia as well. On MRI, what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at hypointensity of the substantia nigra, and this is part of the midbrain, okay? And so that's this guy right here, and the substantia nigra is this right here, and we'll see it gets darker on MRI at least um, if we have the evidence of Parkinson's. Prognosis is a little bit different from everything else in that it's a little bit better in, in regards to the prognosis in for dementia types, at least. It's 10 to 20 years, but the actual complications are going to be very similar and the cause of death is going to be fairly similar in terms of aspirations, swallowing difficulties, just having autonomic instability, like with falls and things of that sort. Treatment-wise, it's going to be essentially you want to increase dopamine. 
right? That's going to be our primary goal. So dopamine agonists like bromocryptine, we're going to want to increase the release of dopamine. If we actually give dopamine with levodopa, carbidopa, synthetic dopamine, that will also increase the dopamine. And if we want to prevent the breakdown of dopamine, we can give these MAO inhibitors like selegiline. You can also give anticholinergics as well, like benztropine. Um, and that's essentially how you would manage Parkinson's disease. So we're going to contrast Parkinson's disease with Lewy body dementia. And the way Lewy body dementia works is essentially you're going to have dementia, cognitive dementia at least, before or the same time as your motor findings. Whereas in Parkinson's disease, you always had the motor significantly before the actual cognitive dementia. And so what type of cognitive findings are you going to find? Well, Primarily, the one that you're always going to have to remember is these visual hallucinations. For some reason, they always see these, these small little things. Like, for example, when I have met patients, they always see a lot of small little like army men or these small little animals that are just kind of flying in the room. And that's kind of how they would describe their visual hallucinations. Um, and this is probably as time progressed, it'll get more and more severe. You also have the similar findings in terms of motor of increased tone, tremor, and, and also cognitive problems as well. Prognosis as well as complications are going to be very similar to all the other types of dementia and treatment. It largely depends on what is dominant. So if you have more of a cognitive dominant, you're going to look more into things like Alzheimer's treatment. And if you have a more of a motor dominant, it's going to be more similar to uh, your Parkinson's treatment. And that's more of an oversimplification, but that's kind of how we think of it. It depends on what is going to be the most dominant. And you're obviously going to get both, but you're going to see kind of what type of symptoms you want to help manage. Because remember, this is primarily just symptom management. The next thing is going to be vascular dementia. And so vascular dementia, it's very abrupt. It's a very stepwise decline. Essentially, vascular dementia is due to ischemic damage, like infarcts. Whether it be a hemorrhagic or ischemic infarcts, you're going to have these stepwise declines. But every single time, they're going to get a little bit worse after every single hit that they take uh, through this ischemic damage. They're going to be fine, then they're going to get a little bit worse, maybe go a little bit better, and then worse, worse, and so on and so forth. So it's not just very, it's, it's not gradual like the other types of dementia, it's just very abrupt. It's very abrupt and stepwise. And it largely depends on what type of infarct you get and where they're located, you'll get these focal neurological deficits. And these are going to be patients that have vascular risk factors, like hypertension, diabetes, AFib, things like that. And they're going to have this emotional lability. They're going to have impulsivity as well as depression. It all depends on the type of infarcts that they're getting. This is one example, a pretty severe example of what you'll see if you have these vascular infarcts. But you can imagine it can be a variety of different types of vascular infarcts. They don't have to specifically be in this location. You just have to have evidence of ischemic damage. In terms of treatment, it's primarily however you would treat a stroke. And primarily what we're thinking about it is how do we prevent strokes? So treating the hypertension, uh, treating any hyperlipidemia, aspirin, things like that, and smoking prevention. So all these things that can prevent vascular damage is how we're going to be treating vascular dementia. So the last thing that we're going to be talking about is frontotemporal dementia. And the clinical picture, essentially, if you remember from your past studies, these are the individuals who are going to be socially inappropriate. They're, they're not going to be able to make executive function, not going to be able to make 
the decisions, but also making these very socially inappropriate remarks, as well as having just overall decreased motivation and apathy, very depressed type patients. In terms of imaging, what you're going to find is you're going to have this frontotemporal atrophy. And so on the sagittal, you see that the sulci are much more enlarged. You have all this darker areas where the brain is no longer as full. And so you're going to have this frontotemporal dementia, which it makes sense that you have the atrophy in the same place that the dementia is named after. Prognosis is very similar to all the other ones, and treatment is primarily the symptom. So for the apathy and the depression, you're going to give typically SSRIs, antipsychotics for just the social inappropriateness and just the way that they're acting, and you're also going to have stimulants as well for their decreased motivation. So it's primarily, if we see kind of a common trend, everything has been about symptom management and how do you kind of help the symptoms. So hopefully this gives you a good overview, at least of the more common types of dementia, um, and hopefully that helps. Be sure to check out our website, medicalbasics.com, for more educational resources like our H&P Notebook. And don't forget to follow us here or on YouTube for more tips and lessons.